and good afternoon. It is Friday and it is time for our lunch and learn. Now today we're going to be talking about kind of a touchy subject, okay? Nobody ever wants to talk about weight. Nobody ever wants to talk about fat and we're going to be talking about visceral fat today. Now your viscera, okay, your viscera is your um, critical organs, all right? All of your liver, your uh, kidneys, your spleen, your pancreas, it's all of those internal organs that help us to live a good long life and that kind of thing. And so that is your viscera. Visceral fat is the fat that covers your abdomen there. So um, not right now because I want you to listen to what I'm saying, but if you are an apple shape, you have more visceral fat than someone who has a pear-shaped body. So just kind of get that visual in your head because your viscera are your essential organs right here. Visceral fat covers them. You need a certain amount of visceral fat, but for people that have more visceral fat than they need, it can be very, very damaging to their health. And so I'm going to teach you how to get rid of that. I'm going to help you learn some things and even how to measure if you have too much visceral fat or not. And so visceral fat is the most deadly kind of fat that you can have. And so we tend to think that um, all fat is the same. And if you look at it and you look at the research, which I'm, I'm going to show you several studies today on visceral fat, and the studies will show that the more visceral fat you have, the higher your risk of cancer is, the higher your risk of cardiovascular events are, and the higher your risk of diabetes. Now, you might think that, well, if you're just overweight, you're overweight. Well, that's the thing, you know, if you're overweight, then... You, if you have that visceral fat in your belly, that's a different thing than having it in your hips and your thighs, okay? Just full disclosure, I carry my weight in my hips and thighs, right? I've always been pear-shaped. I work really hard, so it's not so um, big of a pear shape, okay? But if you are an apple-shaped person, then this is really going to be um, important for you. So visceral fat, also known as abdominal fat, is the fat that surrounds your internal organs, all right? It is linked to chronic inflammation. Now we know and we hear about inflammation and we might think that inflammation is all negative. Inflammation is not all negative, okay? Inflammation is your immune system response to a threat. And so if I cut myself, if I drink something nasty, my immune system is going to pop up. It's going to say, hey, something's going on and I'm going to start vomiting or I'm going to start having diarrhea or I'm going to start swelling or what, whatever, whatever the pathogen is. That is inflammation. That's my body calling all the soldiers to come and take care of the problem. Chronic inflammation is when that inflammation process continues without any kind of relief. And so we don't want to have that because it's that chronic inflammation that is the big problem. It is the cause of various health problems, including cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, and certain cancers. All right. So I learned a lot about fat. Okay, I don't like fat. I don't like being fat. I have been fatter. 
Um, and I, I don't like, I just don't like that. But I did not realize that the more fat you have, the more inflammation you have, the more cytokines you have, which triggers the body to be in a state of alertness 24-7, okay, even in the absence of a threat. And so when your body is on high alert 24-7, then when a real danger comes in, because it's already on high alert, it might not have the resources that it needs in order to uh, deal with the threat. So this chronic inflammation, this being on alert all the time, causes us to have insulin resistance. So what is insulin? Insulin is a hormone that the pancreas makes, so it can uh, work with the food that we eat to get blood sugar to be normal or to get the, the food nutrients into the, get the glycose into the glycogen that the body can use, okay? So when we are insulin resistant, then the insulin doesn't do what it needs to do, and then we have all kinds of problems with that. It can lead to further increased inflammation, more cytokines, and more inflammatory molecules. So there was a review that was in the Journal of, in of Clinical Investigation that stated, inflammatory molecules can disrupt the normal function of fat, fat cells, leading to an increase in fat storage. Nobody wanted to hear that, right? So I looked at what do fat cells do, right? Because we all have fat cells. Uh, women naturally have more, we're more cushy than men. That's just the way God made us and that's okay. But fat cells break down triglycerides and triglycerides help manage glucose and different things in the body, okay? And so if we are having too much of that, we have too much inflammation, then we have all kinds of problems. It disrupts the normal function of the fat cell. The most insidious thing about the visceral fat is that we can have it and not be aware of it. So some of you may um, understand the term skinny fat, all right? You might look skinny on the outside, but you got a lot of visceral fat on the inside, okay? So just because you look at someone and you say, oh, well, they don't look like they're overweight, that doesn't necessarily mean that their visceral fat is in a good place. Excess visceral fat has been linked to an increased risk in cardiovascular disease because of low-grade inflammation that damages blood vessels and it helps develop atherosclerosis, all right? This is where you get plaque in the arteries. You don't want that. In a study published in the Journal of American College of Cardiology followed a 1,000 patients for nine years and found that visceral fat was a better indicator of cardiovascular disease than BMI. Now, your BMI is your body mass index. You take your height and your weight and you do some fancy calculations or, like me, you go to Google and you put in BMI calculator, you put in your height, you put in your weight and it'll give you a number, okay? There's a certain uh, range that you want to be in, all right, and that is a, um, a helpful way to know if you are having too much visceral fat or not. However, you can be not in the obese category and not in the overweight category and still have too much visceral fat. So we're gonna give you some information on that. In another study in Frontiers of Neurology found that visceral fat forms the fundamental basis of central obesity and that the antipose tissues has significant causal association with ischemic stroke at a ratio of one kilogram increase of visceral fat was 
higher ratio. So however many kilograms, and that's 2.2 pounds, however many of those, all right, you are overweight, that increases, multiply that by one time three, or 1.3, that is how much more um, prevalent or more uh, you would lean toward cardiovascular events. So we don't want to do that, okay, or having a stroke, a cardioembolic stroke. We don't want to do that. So visceral fat has a lot to do with the way your heart works. It has a lot to do with the way your hormones work, and it even has a lot to do with the way your brain functions. And so there's another study in here that shows that if you have too much visceral fat, it can actually lead to Alzheimer-like symptoms. Nobody wants that, okay? In a study published by the journal Nutrients, it analyzed the data of almost 6,000 adults and found that visceral fat was a stronger predictor of diabetes risk than BMI or waist circumference. The International Journal of Clinical Practice in their abdominal study, also known as visceral, visceral obesity, said that visceral obesity significantly raises the risk of type 2 uh, diabetes and that overall, okay, people that have visceral fat have a 114% higher chance of developing type 2 diabetes than those who are not viscerally obese. So where you carry your fat matters, all right? So as I said earlier, if you're apple shape, you carry a lot of fat in your waist, you really want to make sure that you're paying attention here because that's visceral fat. If you're like me, you got it in your, your hiney and your thighs, that's not as bad. We still don't want to be overweight. I'm not saying it's okay to be overweight. I'm just saying that the visceral fat is the most deadly fat that there is. Chronic inflammation has been linked to an increased risk in breast and prostate and colon cancer. Now they believe this is because that chronic inflammation damages the DNA and that damaged DNA increases your risk of cancer. So we don't want that. Inflammatory molecules produced by the visceral fat can damage your cells and lead to mutations that cause cancer. Therefore, chronic inflammation has been associated with cancer development. Now, I just want to say this as plainly as I can. If we are overweight, we have chronic inflammation. Why is that? Because the body was not made to carry excess poundage. It's just not. And so if we are having an issue, and almost all Americans are having an issue, unless we're very, very, very mindful of what we're eating and what we're doing and all that kind of thing, our diet leads to that, that visceral fat problem because our diet is full of pesticides, herbicides, chemicals, foods that are not foods. And so when you're taking all of that in, then your body does not have what it needs to function appropriately. Think about your vehicle, whatever vehicle you have, whether you have a Toyota or you have a Ford or an Audi or a Jaguar or whatever you have, you are not going to put milk in that vehicle, right? When I ask people if they would do that, they just laugh at me. Well, good Lord, no, I would never do that. Why not? Because it would damage my vehicle, of course. So when we are putting those foods that are not foods, those foods that are contaminated with all those chemicals into our body, it is just as if we were putting milk 
our water, our orange juice, our Mai Tai, or whatever in our vehicle, it's not going to run, all right? And so we need to understand that what we put in the body makes the body work the way it needs to work. And when we are chronically overweight, when we're chronically inflamed, then our risk of these debilitating diseases is just increased. And like I said, 114% uh, higher to have diabetes and nobody wants to have that, all right? So in the International Journal of Molecular Sciences, visceral obesity is a significant risk factor for uh, many types of cancer pancreatic, colorectal, breast, kidney, and prostate. In addition to the chronic inflammation, an excessive amount of visceral fat can lead to metabolic dysfunction, which then in turn affects cancer progression. So it goes hand in hand. Chronic inflammation damages DNA, damages the cells, damages the way your body works, and all of that leads to cancer. Now, I can't remember the statistics because I didn't look that up for today, but back when I was a little girl, I think the risk of having cancer was like one in a hundred or something like that. Maybe even, maybe it was even bigger. Somebody out there might Google that. Uh, in the 1950s, what was your risk of cancer? Right now, it's one I think it's one in three for women and one in two for men. Okay, so the risk of cancer is much, much greater. And I think that you can correlate that to the demise of our food supply and our nutrients in our food. And so this is something that we all need to be aware of. We don't want to have things that can progress cancer, or if we are dealing with cancer, we don't want that cancer to be progressing. And if we have cancer already, then that chronic inflammation is going to lead to that progression. In another study called, uh, in the journal, Translational Cancer Research examined th uh, 234 South Korean women that had breast cancer, 234, against 211 women without breast cancer. They determined that visceral obesity increased breast cancer risk in postmenopausal women by 150%. All right, 150%. That's one and a half times you're more likely, depending on how much visceral fat that you have. After examining 120 participants, a study published in the journal Obesity Research discovered that participants with higher visceral fat had a 360% higher risk of developing prostate cancer than people that had lower visceral fat. So that doesn't mean that if you're not fat, you won't get cancer, but it does mean that if you are carrying a lot of belly fat, then your risk is much, much higher. And yes, uh, Dr. Deb says that she thinks it's sad that most of the food that the FDA allows tells you that that food is good for you. And this is something that I have been talking about for years and years and years. We've got a food lobby. Um, the companies, <clears throat> excuse me, companies lobby our politicians. They lobby our, um, the people that make our laws. And because of the kickbacks and whatnot, then things are deemed to be healthful that are not helpful. So I read a study this week, it's not something that I wanted to talk about today, but I read a study this week that showed that since we have been having more processed foods, um, our nutrition 
has gone down and our risk of obesity has gone up. In fact, it was a milk study. Now, I'm not a fan of milk, okay? If you drink milk, fine. Drink it organic with no antibiotics and no uh, hormones in it if you drink it. I don't think it's a good idea to drink it because it's very hard to digest. However, that study was about reintroducing whole milk into schools. And they talked about the studies of how they had taken whole milk out and the children could only have 0% fat or 1% or 2% fat and how the, um, the lack of fat in your diet, fat actually, uh, food that you eat that has fat in it is actually good for you because you need fat to metabolize all of your nutrients. And they showed in this study that since the children had been having 0% to 2% milk that the obesity had just climbed through the roof on these children. So it's really horrible what the FDA allows and how we are just ignorant. We don't know any better because we think if the FDA allows it that it must be good. You know that because you're watching me. I know that because that's our business. Dr. Deb, it's her business as well. So we know it, but this is something, this is why I do these lunch and learns to get this information out there because most people, I remember uh, years ago I was teaching a Bible study and I was talking about all of the uh, negative ingredients in ice cream, certain brands of ice cream. And one of my friends, she raised her hand, she said, but Dr. Polly, the FDA says it's okay. I said, yes, I know, that's because of the lobbying dollars. And she said, you want me to give up my ice cream? And it was like, mm-hmm, I sure do. Well, sad to say, she did not give up her ice cream. And she passed away a few years ago, and guess what she passed from? Chronic inflammation, which led to cancer, all right? So we try to sound the warning. We try to get the word out. It's an uphill battle for sure, all right? A diet that is rich in foods such as fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, low processed food, sugars, and saturated fats can help reduce visceral fat. In a study published by the International Journal of Obesity found that a diet rich in whole grains, fruits, vegetables, was associated with lower visceral fat levels. In contrast, eating foods uh, that are fried, uh, drinking alcohol, Red meat, sugary beverages, and refined grains was linked to a higher level of visceral fat and or waist circumference. Now, I just want to kind of segue here on the uh, grains. Whole grains are better than refined grains because it has the bran, it has the fiber, and all that kind of thing. However, in the United States, grains are a little bit suspect unless you buy organic grains because... Our industrial farms spray the crops twice with Roundup. Glyphosate is the chemical, and that causes the farmer to get more yield, but it causes the food to be more contaminated. So I have a real problem recommending whole grains. Do I eat whole grains? Very seldom um, because of that, and I make sure that they're organic and that kind of thing. So I'm just giving you that little uh, caveat there with the, with the grains. We don't want the refined grains at all. In a comprehensive two-year longitudinal study involving more than 624 healthy participants published in the journal Nutrients, they discovered that eating seven nutrients, I'm going to give you these, so get your pencil, 
okay, or hit replay, right? Soluble fiber, manganese, potassium, magnesium, vitamin K, folic acid, and panathenic acid can significantly decrease visceral fat. So just to kind of break it down, folic acid, panathenic acid are some of your B vitamins, all right, potassium, magnesium, manganese, or minerals. So a good vitamin, a good vitamin, all right. We had this conversation today with one of my clients. She wants to take cheap vitamins because she is an older senior and good vitamins are expensive. And yes, they are. The fact is, when you're not taking good vitamins, you're spending less money on lower quality vitamins, but you're not going to get the results that you're looking for because the lower quality vitamins are not at a therapeutic dose. They don't have all the cofactors in them, and you're going to have problems with that. So you've got to make the choice. If you want to be healthy, then you've got to make that um, financial decision that you're going to purchase the vitamins that we know are guaranteed to work for you. And if they, um, if you take those vitamins, which have these minerals in them as well as the vitamins, then you're going to see that your visceral fat load is going to be reduced. All right. There is a um, because of this study that showed that these uh, minerals and these vitamins work. A plant-based diet could be very beneficial in reducing visceral fat. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm from Texas. Uh, my daddy was not a cattle rancher, but we do have ranching in our family. There's nothing that makes me any happier than you take me out for a steak dinner. Okay, I'm just, I'm not going to give up my steak. I'm just not going to. However, I also make sure that I have enough of the uh, vegetables and fruit and all that kind of thing to make sure that my body has all the antioxidants that it needs so that I don't age too quickly and my immune system stays very alert, all right? In a further study published in the Journal of Current Obesity Reports found that a Mediterranean diet can significantly reduce visceral fat. Now, the Mediterranean diet is characterized by a considerable amount of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, cereals, extra virgin olive oil, as well as dairy products, fish, and poultry. I have eaten the Mediterranean diet. I find it very satisfying. Of course, I do add in my beef. Uh, but it's very tasty, and it's very, very healthy for you. So look at that and see if that might be something that can help you. In an international journal called Diabetes Research and Clinical Practice also found that a low-calorie, low-carbohydrate diet may be effective in reducing visceral fat. In the study, 22 obese people with type 2 diabetes were randomly divided into two groups. One of the groups had a low-calorie, low-carb diet menu. The other group had a low-calorie, high-carb diet menu. After four weeks, they compared the high-carbohydrate diet group to the low-carbohydrate group and found that the high, uh, the low-carbohydrate group achieved significantly more decrease in visceral fat in the ratio of visceral fat to the subcutaneous fat area. Specifically, the low carbohydrate group reduced 40 centimeters of visceral fat, while the high carbohydrate group only reduced by 10 centimeters. So what does that mean? 
That means going on a low calorie diet is good. Yay for you. Yay for me. This is a good thing. However, if you couple that with low carbohydrates, okay, now that doesn't mean don't eat any carbohydrates. It just means keeping your carbohydrate grams down to about 30 grams per meal. That's what we advise uh, patients that come in that have diabetes. Uh, we advise them to really reduce their carbs. Now, you can have carrots. Uh, I looked at this yesterday, so um, I don't have it written in front of me, so bear with me. But I think carrots that are raw have about 15 grams, a cup of carrots has about 15 grams of carbohydrates if it's raw. If they're cooked, they have 80 grams of carbohydrates. So this is a vegetable that you can have and enjoy raw in a salad, right? Low carb count, but if you have it cooked, then you have a higher carb count. So you want to lower your calories as well as lower your carbohydrate intake. These studies suggest that diet plays a significant role in visceral fat accumulation and that consuming healthy, whole food-based diet, high in protein, low in carbohydrates, can help, uh, help you reduce your visceral fat level, all right? Also, exercise. We want to make sure that we do exercise, strength training also, all right? So, they found with exercise, this was in a meta-analysis published in the journal PLUS ONE, all right, they analyzed 15 articles with 852 subjects using CT scans and MRIs to assess the patient's visceral fat. Research discovered that moderate to vigorous aerobic exercise trained, sorry, training has the highest potential to reduce visceral fat in overweight adults, even if they are not on a low-calorie diet. Specifically, after 12 weeks, aerobic exercise can reduce more than 30 centimeters squared of fat in overweight female adults and more than 40 centimeters squared in an adult male. Now, that's a lot, okay? And so, as we get older, we make excuses and all that kind of stuff of not wanting to exercise. But people, I'm just telling you, the best, the very best exercise is to go outside and to walk and to enjoy nature and all that kind of thing. Now, I just want to show you how you can measure your uh, visceral uh, fat. Yes, Velma, I eat low carb too, and I'm very mindful of what I eat, okay? There are times when I want to enjoy, I've told you this before, so if, you, if you've watched me for any amount of time, you know that my ultimate stress meal, right, is macaroni and cheese. I make it from scratch, and it's great, and I love it. I don't do it very often, thankfully, I don't have much stress. And when I do make it, I'm very, very mindful that a spoonful or two it's all that I need. I don't need the way I used to eat. You know, I would have a serving and then it would be so good that I would have another serving, okay? So you don't have to deny yourself all the good things. You just have to be mindful of what your portion size is and what it's doing to the rest of your body. So one of the easiest things that you can do, now one of the hardest things or the most expensive things that you can do is you can go to Amazon or, or wherever you go and you buy this huge scale 
and you it has um, handles on it. You put your arms on the handles and you, you stand and it does all the calculations, your body fat index, how much water you need, blah, 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 blah. It's very expensive, but there's another way that you can see what your visceral fat is, okay? So you, you have to have a partner to do this. I don't think you're talented enough to do it yourself. I certainly wasn't. I, my staff, we did it this week. We needed a partner, okay? So you line, you take a piece of string, okay? As long as you are, as tall as you are. So you stand up against the wall, you have a partner, they put a string at the top of your head and then all the way down to your feet and they cut that string, okay? So you take that string, you cut it in half, all right? Then you take one half of the string and see if you can put it around your waist, all right? If you cannot do that, then you probably have too much visceral fat. Yes, I see you, Willie. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate that. The next thing is your body mass index. We talked about that a while ago. Like I do, I do it the, the easy way. I just get on the Google body mass index calculator and put that in. So what you want to do, you want to know that if you are a healthy weight, your, your BMI would be between 18.5 and 24.9, all right? 18.5 to 24.9 is a healthy weight. Now, I calculated mine just yesterday. My body uh, mass index is 23. So as you can see, I'm more on the plumptious side, all right? I'm not at the 18.5. I would be extremely thin if I were on that, all right? But I still am within the healthy weight uh, guidelines. If you're 25 to 29.9, that means you're overweight. If you are between 30 and 39.9, that means you're obese. And then if you are 40 or above on your BMI, then that means severe obesity, okay? So you can also check your waist measurement. So to measure your waist, you feel from the bottom of your rib, your rib cage, right, to the top of your hip bone. And about in the middle of that measurement is your waist. That's normally where your navel is, although we do weight loss clinic here and I have measured people's waist and sometimes their navel is not even close to where their waist is, okay? So just, to, and, and part of that is because of visceral fat, all right? So you pull the tape tight, but not so that it digs in. In a man, all right, the waist circumference should be, uh, if it's 94 centimeters or 37 inches or below, you are at low risk. If you are 94 to 102 centimeters or 37 to 40 inches, you're at high risk. More than 102 centimeters or more than 40 inches in your waist is a very high uh, visceral fat, all right? So you want to make sure, for all the gentlemen watching us, that your waist measurement is no higher than 37 inches. For women, right, the ideal is 31.5 inches, very low risk, okay? 31.5 to 34.6 is high risk, and then more than 34.6 inches is very high. So in centimeters, that would be 80 centimeters is low risk, 80 to 85 is high risk, and then more than 88 is very high risk, okay? So, that's a lot of information. If you have chronic inflammation, 
if you have insulin resistance, if you are a diabetic, if you have cholesterol issues, all of those are metabolic syndrome, okay? So we've talked about this before. This is META, okay? META stands for what? Metabolic, right? So if you have any metabolic situations in your life, this has been proven, we've seen studies on a 90-day trial, it works with everything that has to do with your metabolism. So does it heal you of those conditions? Liver disease, pancreatic disease, um, cholesterol uh, dysfunction, all that kind of, does it heal insulin resistance? Does it heal you of that? No, it does not heal you of that. What it does is it your body is able to function. And when your body functions properly, then you don't have any disease or dysfunction in there. And so it's really, really important for us to be mindful. It's really important for us to look in the mirror, you know, be brave, look in the mirror, see if you're apple shape, see if you're a pear shape. Apple shape, you've got more visceral fat. Do your body mass index or do the string test, all right? See what your visceral fat load is. All of these studies, I think there were about 12 studies I referenced today, all of these studies point to the fact that higher visceral fat leads to chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation raises your risk of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and many, many kinds of cancer. So I want you to be healthy. I want to be healthy. I want to live long and live strong, all those kind of good things. And so I do what I need to do to do, you know, all these things. Why is that? Because it's important. It's important. I have a family to take care of, right? I don't want them having to take care of a sick old lady because I didn't keep my weight in check and I didn't, I wasn't mindful of my food and my nutrition. And so my body is failing, right? We don't want to do that. We want to live long, live strong, be healthy, and do all the things that make us happy and make us a blessing to the world. So that's my advice to you today. It is Friday. Take a break. Do some self-care this weekend, and I will see you back next week. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for liking, sharing, commenting. I appreciate you very much.